I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Remember to log on to www.kungfumovieguide.com to keep up to date with the latest martial arts movie reviews and interviews and profiles with the latest stars. You can follow us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at KFMovieGuide. You can also follow us on Facebook and our email address is hello at KungFuMovieGuide.com. Remember to like and share and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. And if you've got a friend that you think will enjoy the show, why not recommend it to them and help to spread the word of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Anyway, thank you very much for downloading and thank you for listening this is episode eight of the podcast here we go well if you're really so determined to have a fight then i'll oblige <laughs> hello there ladies and gentlemen boys and girls around the world foo followers everywhere thank you very much for downloading and listening to this episode 8 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Thank you very much for your continuing support uh, and encouragement and uh, all the messages that you send just with regards to the podcast and uh, feedback over Twitter and on the Facebook and over email. That's uh, that's really great and it's really nice to hear from you know people who are downloading this podcast and uh, enjoying it. Wherever you are in the world, I get messages from all over the place and that's uh, that's really that's really great as well. So uh, thank you very much. Listen, we've got a great guest on episode eight of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. It's Genghis Dervis. Genghis is an actor and a former three-time world kickboxing champion, uh, and he was born and raised in London. And we uh, learn a lot about Genghis and his time growing up. Uh, quite a difficult uh, childhood by all accounts having to deal with um, uh, living in a a particularly rough neighbourhood and we talk a lot about how you know the self-defence for him became something of a bit of a necessity as well as training for the ring Genghis has also done a lot of training as an actor and um, over the years he has done fight choreography he was a combat trainer on uh, some pretty big movies. He worked with Natalie Imbruglia and Rowan Atkinson in the Johnny English films. He also trained Rosamund Pike in the Bond film Die Another Day. He runs his own production company, Fight Me Productions, uh, and they have released a number of short films and they're putting together their very first feature film called The Drake Files. You can see the uh, Drake short film on YouTube now. You can check out quite a lot of Genghis's work on YouTube. A lot of his short films are there. Um, so log on and check out Genghis's work. And we recorded this interview earlier this year when Genghis had just found out that he had been cast 
in a very big TV show, which he couldn't name at the time, but he's filming it now. He's in Prague as we speak, filming this TV show, and it's called Nightfall, uh, and it's all set around the Knights Templar, and um, it's executive produced by Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, of course, from the Hurt Locker fame and his work in the Marvel Avengers films and, of course, the Bourne spin-off that he starred in. So that's great. That's a new epic uh, drama TV series for the History Channel. It's going to have a big global release and Genghis is pretty excited about that, as you can tell from this podcast. So we get into that quite a bit. Genghis's other film work includes a small role in the film Green Street 3, where he worked with Scott Adkins. And we talk a lot about uh, his training, continues to train, he continues to work out and he is a very serious but focused uh, actor and he's uh, making great waves at the moment and um, uh, it's really encouraging and great to speak to someone who's dedicated so much time to the craft and uh, and it's starting to pay off. So that's really exciting. Genghis Dervis, definitely a name to look out for and uh, I hope you enjoy the chat that I had with him that's coming up. In other Kung Fu movie news, um, the big story that's been sort of rattling around the internet over the last uh, couple of weeks has been um, Shannon Lee distancing herself from this new Bruce Lee biopic, Birth of the Dragon. Um, Birth of the Dragon has only been released at the Toronto Film Festival at the moment, to which it's received relatively, well, quite sort of negative reviews I guess you would say Uh, a lot of people complaining about the depiction of Bruce Lee in this film and there's been a bit of a backlash online from fans although we should say that this film obviously hasn't actually been released yet and there's no UK or US release date scheduled Um, so a lot of it is is hearsay as a lot of this stuff so until we've actually seen the film for ourselves we can make up our own minds but Shannon Lee has taken to her Instagram account and she's uh, written quite a scathing put down of the movie and she has actually seen it and uh, on her Instagram account she is very vocal uh, in, in, in her negative response to this movie she describes it as a travesty on many levels this is just quoting from her Instagram post, I think this film is a step backwards for Asians in film, not to mention that the portrayal of Bruce Lee is inaccurate and insulting. Uh, I am disappointed that such a project would be funded and produced. So it's interesting, she does say earlier in, in the piece that the film was made without her consent, or her involvement. Um, Obviously, Shannon Lee is the head of the Bruce Lee estate. So that was an interesting little development, I guess, that came out this this week. As I say, um, I've not seen the film yet, uh, so we can only make up our own minds, but we will keep you posted, obviously, uh, on the latest um, news with regards to Birth of the Dragon. Other movies that we're getting excited about, John Wick Chapter 2, Uh, The trailer was released at the New York Comic Con and um, that looks great. John Wick, of course, was uh, sort of the sleeper hit of uh, 2014. Uh, It was a really enjoyable uh, action movie Um, and it was the first film directed by the 8711 stunt team or the guys behind the 8711 stunt team. Uh, That's uh, Chad Stahelski and David Leach. Uh, David isn't it's it's Chad's turn to sort of step up on his own to direct uh, John Wick chapter 2 and the trailer looks uh, looks great looks uh, exciting there's some good um, 
actors in there. Keanu Reeves obviously taking up the role. He's he's wonderful in that sort of stoic uh, role as a uh, as a sort of vengeful hitman. And Ruby Rose is co-starring in this movie and also uh, Lawrence Fishburne crops up in the trailer which is interesting there's a sort of Neo and Morpheus uh, reunion so that looks great John Wick Chapter 2 we're going to have to wait a while until that film comes out February the 10th 2017 uh, is when John Wick 2 is coming out so we're very excited about that and I wanted to just flag up another film that we can uh, all get quite uh, excited about Um, Scott Adkins who continues to be incredibly busy um reply to one of my tweets and this is in regards to a message that i received on twitter from sifu tom uh he got in touch with me asking what my favorite scott adkins films were um to which i casually avoided by throwing it back out to uh, the foo followers on twitter um tom i will just answer that now i i'm a big fan of the ninja films uh and obviously uh boyko i love what scott managed to do to that sort of thuggish character and then he's managed to uh develop this human side to boyko and then done very well in the subsequent undisputed sequels so that's just to answer your question tom uh, i wasn't uh <laughs> avoiding it uh, but i did throw it back out to the to the twitter following and uh, got quite a few good responses back namely uh one from scott adkins himself who uh, replied to the tweet saying that his favourite Scott Adkins film is Boyka Undisputed 4. Uh, so, a little plug there from Scott, and who can blame him? Uh, Boyka is the new Undisputed sequel, which is going to come out in January in America. Um, it's already been shown, I believe, at a film festival somewhere, and it's already getting some good comments and good feedback online. Uh, and the trailer's out there if you want to check out the new Undisputed film, and it shows Scott, obviously, in all of his boyka bone crunching head kicking glory uh go online and check out uh what that looks like but we're very excited about that it's a new undisputed film uh and it's great to see scott back doing boyka uh, and we very much look forward to seeing that jengis dervis then this was a great chat that i had with jengis over the internet uh as i say this was just as he had found out that he had landed this role in this new uh, big TV show, uh, which he is currently filming. Jengis, uh, if you want to find out more about Jengis, go to jengisdervis.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at jengisdervis. And I just wanted to give a little plug to a couple of movies that he does have in the can. Uh, there's a British indie action thriller called By Any Name, uh, based on the novel by Catherine John. Uh, that was filmed last year and that's been getting some really good feedback. So that's called By Any Name. And last year he also played a central role in a feature film called Retribution, in which he plays a hitman. Um, so they're two very exciting projects from Genghis that we can look out for. That's By Any Name and Retribution. Follow him on Twitter to get the latest information from Genghis and also the projects that he is working on. Also, I should just add that there's a little bit of bad language on this podcast. So um, if that bothers you, then you have been warned. We are going to go over now to my chat with former world kickboxing champion, now actor, Genghis Dervis.
you where are you are you in the UK at the moment then or are you are you abroad are you working no I'm, I'm at the moment I'm in I live in um, Twickenham sure yeah and um, but I my time is spent between here and LA yeah um, but I've just I've been here I've been back in the UK for about probably six or seven weeks now because sure. um, I've been in meetings and auditioning for something that's been got three things that have been going on um, and one of which uh, was confirmed on Friday so that's good news okay. <laughs> yeah it's been kind of in in the process for five weeks and the thing I've just com- been confirmed on and um, is basically going to take me up till Christmas wow. um, and it's a just it's a US UK series shooting in Europe but it's it's kind of and I can give you a hint it's kind of all around the Knights Templars and Crusades there's 10 episodes in the first series and I'm greened it for eight of them so awesome wow okay this is a big uh, American UK TV show then this is a big uh, uh, yeah. big, big yeah. thing yeah it's along the lines of Vikings and Game of Thrones and awesome yeah, so it's a, it's a juicy one. Yeah. I mean, how do you find the whole, you know, the the auditioning process and then having to wait around? I mean, is it fine? Is it just something you've got used to over, um, over the years of doing this? Yeah, I mean, my, I don't wait around. I am, um, yeah. I, I, you know, my, my, my sort of philosophy has been just keep working on your own stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if this other stuff comes off... Um, that you're interested in, don't get me wrong, auditioning yeah. is, not, is not just a one-way street. You know, I don't sort of go in and just hope they like me and all that sort of stuff. I just go in and I just, I'm, you know, I've done my, my, my kind of preparation. I go in, I, you know, I just deliver, I perform, I just, you know, and then leave them with it. And, you know, and I, and I leave it in the room as well. So yeah. I, don't, I try yeah. to give it much thought. It's only if I tell people, that's the worst thing, because they keep asking you, have you heard? Have you heard? Sure, sure. <laughs> So, so do I, you, I, if you've got something bubbling away and it's a big deal, do you just you just keep that to yourself then? I guess just until uh, you know until, yeah, until it's necessary. Generally, yeah. but you know, it's been very difficult recently because um, because I've had these these things going on, and one of them, you know, for me as an actor, I, you know, I, I don't know how much you know about me, but I've kind of been chipping away for just over a decade yeah. now, and the last two years, it's all started, just kicked off. Yeah, you know, I've started to land some really good key supporting or leading roles and and they that's kind of propelled me into kind of bigger rooms and bigger meetings yeah and being considered for bigger stuff and i signed i, I recently signed with a really good manager out in la and um they have a whole sort of like game plan for not just me as an actor but my producing i also write and so the stuff i've been working yeah. on as a writer um, you're, in, you're incredibly prolific and you're right just within the last like couple of years or so I mean just with the short films and the feature films that you're doing the stuff that you produce yourself as well you, you've got quite a lot happening <laughs> and uh, I just I mean is it just naturally that it's just happens to have been you know the offers have been coming in and uh, you know that you can't say no to and just over the past couple of years you know all this stuff has just sort of kicked off for you I think you know, to be to be honest I used to you know years and years ago I used to fight i used to fight professionally yeah. and i used to map out my fighting um you know and i used to prepare meticulously for for the bouts and then when i was transitioning over into acting um which started with me going back to to school in some respects i went you know went to a drama school first of all and then realized that that was focusing on theater and then quite quickly after you transitioned into screen acting courses and workshops and classes and then obviously working with individuals on a one-on-one basis mm. i um i just 
literally sat down and I do it all the time and just map, you know, put a plan together, a short term plan. What, what's my focus for the next three months? And, you know, or, you know, and obviously with a bigger idea of where you want to get to, but being realistic, you know, so, you know, I think when I first started, my first plan was like, you know, I want to land a couple of student films um, in different roles. I'd like to uh, be an actor, but also like to choreograph some fight scenes for some student films. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of went from there. And so every time it would like, I'd sort of tick that box. I'd say, okay, what do I want to do now? And I'd kind of work, you know, write out the plan. And then sort of, okay, what do I need to do right now that's going to move things forward? And what do I need? So, yeah, just I, I think it's always been working to some agenda that's going to realistically move you forwards, but, mm. but completely, you know, accepting that it's a business. Yeah. It's all about risk. Yeah. Um, and but you had to, did you when you sort of set out on the acting thing were you very much like within I mean how how methodical are, uh, were you thinking were you thinking in five years time I want to be you know lead man feature films uh, and then five that, years from there I want to be in Hollywood I mean it, yeah, is it is that where you see it going Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I am. Um, but was always. But also, I I quite quickly learned that that was going to be quite difficult to do because mm. it's quite a closed business you know it's kind of very very c about who you know and yeah but obviously being good and but you know being connected and then having you know having you know finance to support you, you know that yeah. focus because you know working on student films no budget movies etc you know you 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 know you having to fund yourself right through to supplying your own costume most of the time yeah so you know, you do everything. And so mm. it's that, how am I going to be able to do that? And I, after about, it was about six years, I think, in, I sort of had this realisation. I'd been to an audition. Um, so the one thing, I, I'd been around, because I'd made, when I was a teenager, I'd made sort of short films with friends. And, and then I sort of looked at the, going the drama school route and stuff. And it just felt, you know, at the time, it felt quite an impossible feat because I just really didn't come from, a, from any money. So mm. I just needed to get a job. I started working at 15 years old, you know, and I kind of self-supported from the age of 17. So um, it's that, you know, I didn't sort of go the normal school route and all the rest. Yeah. And so I just, um, it kind of always felt a little bit out of my, my reach. And so I, and I started competing as a fighter and that was paying me a bit of money. Yeah. But when I, but through the process, I started working with a few actors and they, because they wanted me to teach them how to kick and punch or I used lots of weapons. They wanted me to teach them how to use a weapon for a film. Yeah. And, that gave me an insight to, right, these guys really work at their craft. Mm. Uh, but what, when I was looking at action stars, I was sort of thinking, these guys, a lot of these guys, I don't like watching their films because they do the action well, but they can't act. Yeah. Um, and so I just, it was, it was then, but early on, I sort of thought, right, I'm going to really apply myself to the craft of acting, mm. keep myself growing as a martial artist, and, because I don't just want to be a fighter who, you know, is really good physically but can't act. I actually want to be somebody who comes across as an actor and, by the way, I can do all the physical stuff. You you were born in London then, were you? You're 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 born and raised in in London. Hammersmith Hospital, yeah. Yeah, cool. And were you because you studied martial arts from quite a, a young age, didn't you? Like your uh, did your uncle teach you? Yeah, from the age of five. So yeah. my uncle is now he's a professor, grandmaster. Um, he studied uh, Taekwondo, Hapkido, Kutsuwan, and Judo. So three Korean arts and, and um, a Japanese art, Judo. Yeah. Um, and um, he combined the four arts to create his own system called Shenchido. So when I started training initially, I was training under the Korean arts with him. And then he'd been going through this transition of working on his own system behind the scenes. And then 
he launched Shinjido after a couple of years of my training. I, I basically converted from doing three systems to the one system that incorporated all. But the nice thing about the system is that it covers everything, you know, mm. so it's it's open hand techniques, it's locks, it's throws, it's weapons. So we use the katana, it's samurai sword, we use a bow, we use short sticks, we use fan. Um, and also we use all the kicking techniques. Um, the only thing we don't do is not, it's not a boxing art. Um, it's open hand. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there are some nice little, uh, there are some nice kind of like advanced techniques, one of which um i uh, a few years ago mastered which is called the iron palm the dimac the death touch yeah i've seen uh, this online where you can smash open a coconut with your with your bare hands it's quite yeah. it's quite an impressive uh, party trick yeah it's good for the kitchen yeah <laughs> but um but, but yeah, that so must take years yeah. of you must um i mean you know how can you do that without sort of breaking your fingers you must train you must have to train up quite, you know, quite you know a, that a lot to do that there's a whole there's a whole process um, that you go through that, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of um, science behind it because if you do it wrong, it can blind you for training. Really? So, which is quite serious. Yeah. yeah. It can blind you or it can cause massive nerve damage yeah. um, to, to your um, arm, to your arms, joints, shoulder. Mm. So you have to, the process is, is quite um, uh, detailed and, and you have to be quite meticulous and it has to be done every day yeah it took me a hundred days to complete once i became a fourth dan um which is like a master uh, teacher i then uh to to pass my fourth dan i had to acquire the dimac in our system um yeah. as well as uh forms and sparring and and some weapon techniques with the swords so but the dimac takes a hundred days of preparation of, of basically um a training system of it, it's quite physical but quite spiritual at the same time yeah and it requires a whole bunch of different um uh methods starting off with boiling almost boiling hot water and special ointments and um a sand a sandbag and then you move from sand to different uh uh kind of canvas bags uh still shots pebbles you know stones and then different uh, flat surfaces of concrete and wood. And so through the whole process, you, you, you have to kind of follow it to the letter um, twice a day. And it's difficult because I was traveling a bit at times. Also, I was carrying this stuff around, yeah. having to go to car parks and all sorts yeah. to not miss yeah. my times every day. And I, um, and, the, and I can honestly say about five or six times I almost gave up because my hand at times was just it was swollen just and all sorts split yeah. and sore yeah. well you don't bash your hand that's the thing a lot of people I see do try and acquire DIMAC A they don't know what they're doing B they're actually hitting their hand full power and yeah. it isn't it's yeah. a it's a it's a kind of very kind of light rhythm of striking um, repetitively and uh, and so done properly, it's yeah, it's, it's not what I've seen. You know, ninety nine percent nine on the internet, and I see a lot of trickery on the internet as well, where people have obviously drilled the yeah, coconut or rebreaking yeah. and stuff. And so, but then when I when I completed the process, that was a hundred days. Um, it took me four months. I remember I completed in October of. 2011, 2012, oh, yeah, I think it's twenty eleven. Yeah, and then I it took me four months before I could actually break. Really? And that was really interesting because that, that was where it was more psychological than yeah. physical. And yeah. I remember I tried it on a number of occasions and I kept hurting my hand and I just, you know, and I remember one day just coming back from shopping, again, picking up, you know, the other next coconut to beat me. 
Yeah. Because um, I, I, I literally had these coconuts and then I just ended up throwing them away because I just, you know, just gave up. Yeah. And I remember coming out from shopping and I was sitting, I put the shopping down, I put this coconut on the side and I just thought, it was really weird. It was like this real change of attitude. Mm. And I just put it on the floor, on because it has to be on a conc- uh, concrete floor, tile, you know, hard floor. It can't be yeah. on flexible wood it would give. And I just hit it, you know, just nice and relaxed, deep breath, just, and it smashed into pieces. Mm. That was it. Since you then. think that was an inter- just it was more of a it's it's a mental state because your brain's telling you you can't do this and then it's yeah, just it literally a, a, yeah, a switching that off. And my, my teacher explained all that to me and he you know and he, he was saying that there will be this. He said it doesn't happen to everybody. He said but you know he's only he's only taught I think four people in his life to acquire this technique. Yeah. Um, of which only only two I think now can actually actually acquire it. You know, two gave up. Hmm. Um, so, but it's that, yeah, it was definitely a shift in my thought process and yeah. in, my, in my kind of belief and, and, uh, my relationship to the coconut. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's a handy trick to have, be able to do as well, because they're, they're tough to open those. <laughs> those it's a handy coconuts. trick and it's a big responsibility. Yeah. 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 Um, but the, the thing is, it isn't just, you know, something that you just, because you've acquired it, you hit somebody and that's it. It doesn't work like that. You ha- it's like a light switch. You have to switch it on. Yeah, yeah. That isn't something so, yeah, you would then, because in your competitive and your sparring, you know, as a professional fighter, it's not a technique or something that you would incorporate into your, your, your sparring, or is the philosophy behind it quite useful as well, would you say? Uh, philosophy is very useful. I know yeah. you wouldn't incorporate it into sparring. However, I have used it uh, in a situation where, uh, somebody's tried to abuse me, abuse my me being you know um, skillful and and yeah. safe yeah. on a film set, and tried to for for personal ego tried to bash me up, and I've used it to block their strikes yeah. and then to leave them, you know, fairly heavily bruised, wondering right. what the hell had just happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, but that was just that was just what I call half palm just literally letting my hand drop onto the shin as it comes in and drop onto the forearms as it come in. And just, you know, I, I think two or three shots and he just sat on the floor and he was like, uh, he was in pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that is the, di- that's the thing. The dim mach is the, is the death touch, isn't it? I mean, that's the, uh, is that, yeah. that's what it means, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of, you know, the, the reason they use the coconut because they don't want to kill animals anymore, but it's equivalent of hitting a ball to the head. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you know it's a big responsibility, but it's not something I brag about. It's not something no. I really, you know, I, I think it's a you know it's a big responsibility. I'm glad I've I've been through the process and I understand it all. But it's it's taught me more about how fragile we are. Yeah, you know, it's actually made me made me open up more to my vulnerability yeah. than you know make me feel like I'm you know immortal or invincible. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yeah. The sky is high, the cloud is low. But my water technique is hard to beat. But the earth can absorb water. So what was the what was the appeal? I mean, I know you were you were started when you were quite young, so you were six. But I mean, can you remember what was the appeal of going into the martial arts in the first place? Uh, we well, I started when I was five, and we um, we lived in a really we lived in a very rough area at the time. We 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 just we were in um, a road which called Stroh Road in Fulham, which the the properties all got. We were basically in a, a house waiting for to be demolished. They all were. They all had X's on them in the gardens. Right. And they were. They weren't fit for purpose, but we were just living there, waiting to be housed. Yeah, um, and we were moved from there to um, just behind Labrook Grove, which at the time was a war zone. It was right. like literally you had all the yardies and all the big drug problems and massive gangs. I mean, yeah. serious I, times the roads were on fire. And then round the corner from there, we were right, literally two minutes from where we lived, was a huge National Front group. Um, and so us being half Turkish, half Irish, moving into the middle of all this stuff, um, yeah. we've quite quickly found ourselves being, um, uh, you know, kind of hassled and assaulted on a regular basis, bricks thrown through our windows and all sorts of stuff going on. But by the time we'd moved from Fulham to, um, I was six, my brother was, he was a bit older than me, so two and a half years older than me. Yeah, so it, we, the only, my uncle who was teaching at the time, it was the only thing that didn't really cost any money. So it was like we would go and train with him. And it just was a, it became a real focus because actually yeah. you realized that you're, you know, you felt very threatened. And the only, you know, you felt going to the, the classes, A, it was a nice community. And B, we were learning to defend ourselves. And to yeah. be honest with you, by the time we became teenagers, when things got really bad, because when we were kids, people, it was only my dad they sort of picked on and stuff. And he would, you know, he would literally drive in and just go into the house. You'd never sort of hang out and stuff. But as we started getting older, when I was like 15 and my brother was sort of 17, 18, um, that's when things got really bad. Um, all of a sudden we became on this radar of this group of this big gang. And it, I mean, I think we went for about six months where, I mean, I remember somebody trying to run me over on the pavement oh. in, a, in, in a mini, four guys wearing uh, um, swastikas on their arms. Oh. Um, this would have been like, the set. What is this? This eighties, seventies, eighties? Is this eighties? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, just really, that, just, yeah, very. You know, I mean, to us, I could I, at some point I'm going to write a script about it because it was just it's just surreal. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and it just but but things changed because my brother, um, he, you know, I was I I just took a long time to sort of come on. I I I didn't walk till I was three years old, and I really struggled. My dad has polio, and they thought I had a strain of polio, so. I had really, really bad motor skills. I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't work. You know, they couldn't work out why I couldn't function properly. Mm. I wouldn't walk, but they couldn't find anything wrong with me. So I didn't walk till I was three. And then through the training, it took me so much longer to do the stuff that my brother and my cousin could do. Mm. Um, and so I just, but I just kind of chipped away. But my brother, I mean, I gave up, almost gave up so many times. My brother would kind of force me to come and train, you know. Yeah. But it was, I just felt a bit useless because I just couldn't do what they could do. But he was like he was he was like the school running champion. He was so fit, so strong. He was, you know, he um he was like the top guy in the, in the martial art club. And by the time he was about seventeen, eighteen, um, 
he was a real force to be reckoned with. And I was obviously, I, I, you know, I improved loads from the age of five till then, but I wasn't anywhere near as good as him. Mm. Um, and I remember we start what things started to change because all of a sudden we, rather than sort of run and or hide or work for us, we actually started to stand our ground and start to fight back. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just a real yeah. It was interesting. I mean, we you know probably not the best idea at the time. However, after a year or so of this stuff, I mean, nobody, everybody left us alone. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And isn't that? I mean, that that was um, it, it was you sort of learned it out of a sort of a necessity in, in many ways. It was very much as a self as a self defence then, really. Well. <laughs> What changed it all was we one night we were standing at my gate talking to a, a black friend of ours and a Thai friend of ours because you know all the kind of misfits that they're not misfits right. but you know not the kind of traditional not the white even, uh, even, swastika even though, uh, wearing uh, yeah, but even though we saw ourselves as we you know we're Londoners we, we yeah of course but they for some reason you know go back to your own country and we're like but we are in our country yeah yeah, yeah um, I was born in Hammersmith yeah yeah it's really weird but um so but one night as this Vietnamese this big group of guys from this group ran past us across on across the road and then about five minutes later this little Vietnamese kid came running along and he said like you know you did you see a bunch of boys running they stole my my headphones and we're like oh mate it's those guys they did really bad news and stuff he said it's the only thing he owned and so Sean who was a gymnast my brother um my friend was a Thai box he was Thai golf Thailand training Thai boxing and me and my brother said let's just go down and see maybe you know anyway we got down to this Wormwood Scrubs Park and we could sort of see a few group of guys, and as we got closer, it was like 50, 60 guys. Right. And um, we sort of walked up, and my brother was like, you know, quite vocal. He was like, which one of you stole this guy's headphones? And they were like laughing. So and there was a guy sitting on the bench with a broken arm, and he sort of had the headphones. And he flung them at my brother, and he went, he says, I've heard a lot about you. He says, I, don't, I remember it's something like this, I don't like you. And he's like, when this cast come off my hands, I'm going to come and see you. But for now he's like fuck off yeah and so we sort of okay that was a bit they let us off the hook you know Mm -hmm. about three months later you know he's all healed and all the rest now and he um with about four guys and he attacked my brother as i was literally walking down the road coming from school and i saw this like in slow motion and my brother beat the shit out of four of them out of four of them them, yeah i mean literally beat because he was on the tournament circuit at that point my brother and he was so fit so strong and he mean seriously his hands and feet i mean he he was like you know like a jackie chan at the time but so strong and he literally the last guy just absolutely was up against the wall i'll never forget it he was just begging my brother not to hit him and then my brother said to him don't ever walk past my house let me catch you walking past my house and don't ever touch my brother yeah and I was like, whoa, what a guy. And, it, and that, that, there's things like that kind of inspired me. I thought, I want to be as good as him. Yeah. yeah. Do you think in order to be good, and you became a world's, you know, kickboxing champ, I mean, you know, in order to get to that sort of level, do you think you need to have a, a background similar to that and to actually, you know, have... Uh, no, not at all. No? You just need, you need, but you need to want it. You need to want to do it. I see lots of people used to come to the boxing gyms and they'd be like, you know, they like the idea of it, but they're not willing to pay the price. Or they get to the point where they actually get themselves into a fight in the ring. You know, they actually train, they go for the process, they have their first amateur fight. And I literally see them terrified yeah. with the realization that actually it's going to happen now. And then literally su- just surviving in the ring, not focusing on improving or growing. They're actually just can't, cannot wait to the fight to be over. Yeah. 
you know, and to get out unscathed, they can and just never ever do it again. Mm. You, know, you you've got to, you, you you it's a it's some it's an internal you 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 cannot you cannot especially in full contact you cannot take it lightly because you every time you get through those ropes you may never be the same again yeah and i knew that every time after i turned pro i, I it was a you know it was a it was a decision i'd made to myself that i was going to do this to the best of my ability but i was going to do it without you know thought of you know without questioning myself that was good who were there were there any what were the the like on the movie side of things, were there any movie martial artists that you know that you were that you admired that you looked up to? Or uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I like, you know, I've I've never to be honest, I've never been a massive fan of martial art movies because yeah. I've always found, like I said earlier, you know, they can do the physical but they can't act. Yeah. Bruce Lee, without doubt, you yeah. know, Bruce Lee was 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 brilliant. The, you know, um, you know, he wasn't a you know he was a very good martial artist. You know, whether or not. You know, he was in the most amazing fight. You never know until you stand in front of the man. Yeah. But he was a. I loved his philosophy. I loved his ethic. You know, his training. I loved. You know, and I just. You know, he's just presented really well on screen. You know. You, you know, he kind of was the best of both worlds. And then obviously Jackie Chan for a bit of fun. Yeah. And then you know, um, who else was around at that time? You know. Um, oh, I, I, you know. I guess. For for most Westerners, John Claude Van Damme did wonders for us. Yeah, yeah. you know, you know, he changed. He literally changed, you know, because it was kind of mainly Asian mm. until Van Damme came along, mm. and then and then for a very short period, Seagal. Yeah, for a very you know, short period. <laughs> yeah, well, he he was, you know, he's he's still working now, but you yeah. know, when he first launched, when he first came out with his first two films, he was electric. He yeah. was fantastic. You're like, yeah. who is this guy? Yeah. You know, Nico, I think, was a mark for death. He's, he was just like, this is so different, so real, so raw. It and still then, is, isn't it? You still watch those fight scenes, and it's, um, you know, they still... Yeah, pack, and then he, punch, just, he just went and... He just, he just... I think he just got caught up in Hollywood and yeah. just got fat. Yeah. Um, but when he launched, he was like, wow. I was just like, this is so... This feels real, like a real fight. This feels... As opposed to all the kind of... Acrobatic gymnastics that we yeah. have, you know, even with the band, it was quite, it was quite dance, you know, quite yeah. acrobatic. I mean, now I, 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 I struggle. I mean, I really do. I, you know, I love, I love lots of the kind of. I, mean, I have so much respect for lots of the martial artists guys out there doing really well at the moment. But I just every time I watch a film, like someone's like, you got to watch Daredevil. It's amazing. I, I put it on. And I was like, oh god, here we go. Acrobatic fights, great. Yeah. You know, but really good. Good story, good acting, but the the fights are just why do we, why does it always have to be acrobat acrobatics? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you, what what to you is the do you think those those Seagal fights and the, the the more of the the realism is the uh, is is what's lacking then? Do you, do you think in the in the, the the martial arts movie choreography? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I yeah, I do think you know. I was saying to some producers the other day, I said, look, because they're talking about doing a film at the moment, and I'm like, look, you know, what I would like to do. Is I would like to be the the Steven Seagal when he came and sort of brought something fresh and new. Yeah, you know, I would like to do that. I think I think there's room for a real shake up at the moment. Yeah, and everything you look at is like free running acrobatic gymnastics, and it's don't get me wrong, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, to watch. But I'm like, that's not me. Yeah. You We're must not, like the do you like the the Bourne style choreography that is very good the yeah. Krav, Krav Maga stuff yeah yes yeah, great and I you know I got to work with Joey Ansar yeah um, 
on Street Fighter, um, the new series, and that was great fun. And I, I'd met Jerry on Green Street, um, and that you know is one that's one of the best fight scenes of the last decade, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's like yeah, that really that really gets me excited. <laughs> I want that medal, or I'll take your life. The short films that you've made that I've seen you in, there is a gritty urban realism going on. It's very much there's an underground um, vibe to it, and I, I, I'm, I may be projecting here, but I guess you know, in the sort of tough upbringing that you had, that is something that very much it's a unique angle, but it's something that your own I think personal a, background. I think there's based. a place you can go. Yeah, yeah, but you know. I think there's a place you can go that, you know, I don't think a lot of actors can. Yeah. And, and it's only when you're with that type of person that it stands out. Mm. And yeah. I think, um, you know, two things. And then that this was a few years ago. This is when I was up for buying name for the lead. And, um, and that, you know, the one thing that, that came away from it was that the people in the room felt scared. Yeah. And the funny thing is that, you know, recently I've been having um, auditions with, you know, a top casting director, probably the one of the top five in the world, mm. highly respected and a bit of a legend, really. And the one thing that came back, you never get feedback, so it's quite surprising to get feedback to my agent. But the one thing that they came back with was that, um, and the character that I'm going to be playing is, is, is a, a very dark, a very dark, very efficient, very lethal man. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that came back was that, you know how nice I, I I am and how professional and all these sorts of stuff. But then it was like when it went to the read, how terrifying is he? Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's you can turn on that intensity. It's just about yeah, finding I, I that place. I can go there. I can go there in a heartbeat. I yeah. can literally because I've been there so many times in so many different areas of my life. And I think you know I can just you know and I and I have certain things and it, it's not memory recall. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. It's not method either. I'm yeah. not going. I'm going through a whole process and getting myself worked up and stuff it literally is a a kind of subconscious decision i make i tell myself something and then i but i talk to the person and my subconscious doesn't know it's real yeah you know it takes a while for it to work out is this real or not so in the moment the it's almost like the room goes cold mm. because the intention is there yeah and i would there will nothing physically will happen because you're fully in control however you're able to go somewhere, I think. that, And that's what, so ask, answering your question in a long-winded kind of way, I think, you know, it depends what type of action style you want. If, you, if you're looking for somebody that, you know, like Liam Neeson in Taken 1, yeah. where you go, whoa, this guy is scary. Yeah. You know, or if you're looking at, you know, one of the many Hollywood kids they've tried to turn into an action star since being in... Um, twilight or whatever yeah and you just go i just don't believe this or pompeii or whatever it is yeah. you know like this this is a just you know even the untrained person just doesn't believe the person they're watching yeah yeah and there's so much reliance and over reliance on cgi and all sorts yeah, of stuff. you don't know what, what you're seeing is even you yeah. know real i tell anyway. you what i'm not a, i'm not a huge jason statham fan but i have to say the one thing about jason statham when you look at jason statham you have to, there is something about him that would tell you, I'm not messing about. Yeah. 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 You know, there's something about Jason Statham that says to me when he does, you know, I watch him and stuff and I, I've liked him in some things and some things I haven't liked him. <laughs> I loved him in Spy, I have to be honest. Right. Yeah. But, 
you know, such fun. But but there's something about Statham. When I look at Statham, I think this guy would give you a fight. Yeah. You yeah. know, but he guy. is a trained. I think he's a uh, Wing Chun man. Or and, uh, he does. He does. Um, uh, he's no a doubt. fighter. Yeah, yeah. No doubt he trains. But he was a diver originally. Yeah. A bit of a wheeler, and he was a model. And you know, he, but you know, there's just you know, but there's that he's his exposure and experience. I think over the years, you know, comes through. Yeah. I think there's something about him that just says to me, he's a tough cookie. Yeah. And so. You know, I believe him over 99% of the other action guys. And this is why, you know, people like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis and, you know, Van Damme still have careers because let's face it, who is there? Yeah. You know, who is there out there that's kind of like a, you know, Colin Farrell had a little go and then disappeared and, you know, where are, where are the action stars? Yeah. The yeah. new breed. I mean, I, I can't find them. Yeah. Can you? The wood technique! Yeah! Do you you still um, you still train then? You still um, you know work out and six days a week. Six days a week, yeah. Yeah, I mean minimum I train uh, normally four to five, but generally six days a week, and it's very different. My weeks, my training throughout the week is you know I mix. I do strength conditioning. I do weapon work. I do a, a bag work. Uh, I do a nice long run about once a week. You know, I just mix it up. I mix my training up, and I get really bored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I read lots, I read plays, I read books, I, you know, and I write. So I'm constantly trying to keep working there, you know, even when there's nothing go, going on. Because that's the thing, a lot of people say they want to be actors, but they're not working at it. They're not yeah. reading, they're not, you know, I create scenes sometimes just for a laugh, you know. Yeah. Or I go into, like, you know, in, in Fulham, I go, there's a coffee shop I go to, they only know me as an American. <laughs> they think I'm an American. Yeah. You know, it's a place to practice my accent. So yeah. I, I was up for a film two years ago in New York, and I knew I was working with an accent coach, and so so I just use that, you know, yeah. somewhere to go and speak into an accent. And another place I go to that I speak with more of a Middle Eastern accent. So it's you know, again, it's like live play. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, are you dividing your time? How how often are you in in America now? Sixty sixty forty has been for the last two years. For, forty percent. Yeah. Well, wow. Okay. Yeah. Forty and a Yeah. We're yeah. so going back and forth. But then for five weeks, I've been in this process for this new TV series. Um, and I can tell you it's with Jeremy Renner. So it's huge. Wow. Um, okay. And then, um, and then but I, on the Friday at 20 to 6, I, my agent called me very passionately to tell me that um, I had been fully confirmed for this new series in a key role, the role I'd been reading for. And um, I'm, it's going to take up between five and six months of my time wow. but it's going to be in, in his whole word in his own words fucking huge yes. <laughs> um <laughs> no it's uh, it's filming in um in uh croatia and prague sure okay wow but it's all set in the crusades it's the yeah set in the crusades i mean you can sneakily find out about it if you put jeremy renner crusades in the internet yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've announced that much at the moment so this is um, big, Jeng. Is this is really this is the this is the next stage, really, isn't it? I mean, that's that's yeah. Huge and on top of all that, last week it's what a week it's been. This week, what a week this has been. I I literally was approved the Screen Actors Guild actor, which is for an actor, it's huge. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've now I'm, I'm literally just about to sign my paperwork with them this week, come, this coming week, and I am a SAG actor, which is opened so many doors. So yeah, yeah for a Brit, I'm I'm. You know, I am kind of making waves into Hollywood, and that's kind of really exciting. Wow! Do you foresee um, a time that you'll, you know, be moving out there if you're working? If you're, you know, working? No. So much? no. And you know why? It's because 
you could you can go there and network and build your relationships and audition and stuff but nine times out of ten you're not going to be filming there mm, yeah, your projects true. are going to be you know like this is a u.s production filming in croatia and prague yeah you know the last i was i auditioned for a role out there and i was sent to new york yeah um you know for a film so that you know alan moosey who i was chatting to on when we worked on street fire he lives in canada you know yeah, um, yeah. And he was like, he, he just goes in and out because there's no real reason for him to be in LA. And his wife and his family live, you know, in Canada. So it's like they've got their support and everything else there. And actually, there's, to move them there and then for him to be sent all over the place and he's not even there, it's, it's not great, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I guess that's the myth is everyone always thinks, oh, you know, I'll uh, pack up and move to Hollywood and I'll be a star. But it's, yeah, I guess, yeah, nah. you're right. It's and really you know, like I, I, so many people go out there with that idea, but yeah. also not prepared. They go out there with no credits, they haven't done any work in the UK. And you're thinking, okay, so you've done no work here and yet you think you're going to get work there. Yeah. And then they don't have any paperwork. They don't have an O one visa or a green card. I mean, I see it. I've seen it and been in discussion with it. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You know, I I did twenty, I did forty over forty student movies, and I'd done um, about twenty features be- before I'd applied um, for my O one visa. You know, to be able to work in LA, um, and that took me. Um, two years and six thousand dollars to get my one visa wow so when people you know and i'm like and then people say to me you're lucky i'm like oh my god lucky feels like a lot of hard work yeah Yeah. but people don't see the you know that's why that term overnight success it's bollocks really because the people don't see the hard work you you know you know people have been as you say training and doing this for you know 10 years making your own films funding them yourself and it does it just it it takes time doesn't it you know Oh my god! I, I, you know, I am. Um, I, I had the coffee with Matthew. It was an actor called Matthew McFadden. I've worked with Matthew, and we've, sure, we've, yeah, we're yeah. friends. You know, we've been friends for years yeah. now. And um, you know, when I landed this role, I he was one of the first people I called because he's been so close to it and close to it. And he knows what the last ten years have been like. You know, and he's a you know he's 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 a lovely guy. He's a good friend, and he's obviously done very well as an actor and doing some great stuff. Um, but you know, I can tell him. And know he understands how I feel. Yeah. Because, you know, he's lived it, walked it, worked it, and, you know, he's further down the road than I am. But he also knows that, you know, all the sacrifices he made, the journey he's been on, you know. But people only see the the, the end result. They don't see the sacrifices and the commitment and determination and and the the exhaustion and everything else that he goes in. I mean, there have been times, seriously, where you just sit down and you want to cry. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, everything just... Last year, I was up for three films. I was down to the last two um, in all three films. They were all fairly juicy numbers. They all would be like a level up, like this project now is. And um, I got no on all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd spent probably three months back and forth, back and forth, you know, screen testing, chemistry testing, the chemistry test, reading with other actors. You know, to the point where you think, ah, oh, you know, this has got to be mine. And even the physical one of them where you just thought, you know, surely they're going to go with me. And they just don't. Yeah. Too tall, too short, too brown hair, too dark, you know, to whatever. There's a million reasons why I don't go with you. Then. And there's no explanation either. And off you go. And you're like, and that's it's why it's tough, really important it? to do your own stuff. Yeah. If you're doing your own stuff, you're empowering yourself. Because Absolutely. regardless of what's going on working mm, mm. and you've got to have a real thick skin as well haven't you and just just keep persevering getting back on back on that um back yeah, on the bike just remind you, yeah 
what is your why? Why are you doing it? Yeah, you know. And I, you know, I'm really clear about my, what my whys are, and and it's you know that really reminds me. But then every now and again, I have to be honest. There are times where I just need to stop for a couple of days or a week and just like remove myself from it all because yeah. I just you know you work to exhaustion, especially if you're so committed to you know to yourself to your cause. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, and and you're human. You do feel times when you feel beaten up, and you feel low, and you feel like you can't move forward. And you know, and those are the times you go, do you know what? I just need a little time out. I've just been knocked down, but I'm gonna get back up and carry on. Yeah, yeah. And and, that, and, and having that discipline, the martial arts as well, and that sort of mindset, it would be helpful in those situations, wouldn't it? I guess because psychologically, I'm I'm a, preparing. I remember being in a fight. Absolutely, I remember being in a fight, and I remember it was the sixth round. I was bleeding. I was taking loads of punishment. I was just, everything I was doing wasn't working. And in that moment, I could have just sat down. I could have just yeah. sat down. I could have just stepped out. I could have called it. I could have just stopped. Mm. But for whatever reason, I didn't. Carried on, saw the fight through to the end. But what I realized about myself in the shower when I was pissing blood and bleeding from my head mm. was that I defined who I am in mm. that moment. You know, it really made me proud of myself, but it made me realize a lot about myself. And I'm not somebody who quits. And that, you know, that, to, ha- that, to have that, because most people will just call it a day, sit away. down, Absolutely. you out. But to not quit, to push through it, that defines who you are. For me, it defined who I, who I am. Yeah. So no matter how stressed things get and all the rest, I just, you know, I just don't give up. It's like you have to. You know, you've made this commitment, you've made this declaration to yourself, Jenkins. Service. get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Your skill in Kung Fu is renowned. I'd like to compliment you, Mr. Wong. Jenkins, what do we see you in next then? There's a lot of like it's, um, things bubbling away, the Drake files, I know. It's, um, um, the stuff that's coming out, the stuff I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, the next thing coming out very soon, I've just heard some really good news about distribution stuff, is a film called Retribution. Sure. Um, I play a hitman in it. It's from a great cast. Um, cracking actor Dan Richardson, Hugh yeah. Quashy, Amanda Meeling, Guy Henley. Um, it's a cracking little film. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard people saying that it's the best the, the best indie film since Dead Man's Shoes and Kill This. And I'm like, well, that's Whoa, great. Fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's coming out um, at any point. Obviously, Binding Name is due for release. So that's just been sold at Cannes, I believe. And that's yeah. going to be coming under distribution. A film called The Passenger, which I play a um, a kind of mob boss. Not very nice boss. Sure. <laughs> um, but very sort of... Uh, not East End, but very London um, character. Yeah. Um, whereas Retribution, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing like who I am. Yeah. Very sort of could be Eastern European, could be Turkish. Yeah. You'd have to work that one out for yourself. But yeah, he's a, yeah. So, but Retribution, I, I, I'm very, very excited about that. I, we had the a, a premiere in the West End for it before it went to um, all the sales agents, distributors for like 500 people, and it was very well received yeah. yeah it must be a relief because obviously you do the work and it can be you know years before you know these things actually get picked up even so it must be very rewarding and good obviously when you know you finally these things get a release and it's all systems go then isn't it well it's, for the actors the only currency we've got is our work yeah you know i can tell you i'm a good actor if you can't see anything yeah you know it's you know you know, it's, you know what I mean. You need yeah. you need something physical, tangible for people to 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 look at. You yeah. know, and it, it's that, and that takes 
and that's where I say to people, don't do show don't use showreel companies to get showreels made and stuff. Go out and do short films. Go out and work with students. Go out, you know, get real stuff to cut into your showreel. Show, you know, to show your work. We've got we're working on the Drake files at the moment, and that looks like it's going to be our my first feature under Fight Production. That's going to go. Um, that's got loads of martial arts in it because Drake's a fallen fighter, basically. Yeah. He makes basically makes a deal with a demon. Yeah. Um, but that's that's just being. That's just cutting it right down to. Yeah. But yeah, it's been worked on for two. The script has been worked on for two years by Marcus Harbin, the director writer, who has um, done a stellar job. And it, you know, it's very, very commercial. There's loads of really, really good action in it. And the idea is to just put together some really just mind-blowing fight scenes. Awesome. Um, but with a really strong story um, that ideally would kick off a TV series. Yeah. Drake Park. Awesome. Uh, well, we look forward to that. And listen, let me know how it all goes with the. Um, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, really good to talk to you. Great, man. Cool. Okay, take, take care. Bye bye. Yes, indeed. Genghis. Really good to talk to Genghis there. Uh, remember, follow him on Twitter at Genghis Dervis. You can log on to his website as well, jengisdervis.com. Uh, it's all going great guns for him at the moment, and I'll be sure to keep you posted on any of the latest projects that he's working on. It's always great to support some um, homegrown UK talent, uh, particularly someone who's you know really put in the hours and really dedicated, uh, you know everything towards uh, making it as an actor. He's obviously shown the same conviction that he did uh, in the ring. Uh, into the acting world as well and that's uh, really encouraging to see so we wish him all the best thank you very much if you enjoy this podcast remember please do leave a bit of feedback either on the website or on iTunes Uh, give it a star rating and help to spread the word of the Kung Fu Movie Guide Uh, we have another episode for you in two weeks time thank you very much and I'll see you then on the podcast bye for now The best way to give someone a gift they'll never forget is to give a gift they'll always use. American Giant makes clothes that just keep getting better with age, like their iconic full-zip hoodie that's designed to last for decades. And a gift they'll wear for years is a gift that keeps on giving. But American Giant makes a lot more than just hoodies. They have impossibly comfy sweaters, classic tees, soft structured sweatpants, even classic everyday denim. All made right here in the USA, with a quality you'll have to feel to believe. Be a gift-giving giant this holiday season at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code GRATEFULAG23. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code GRATEFULAG23.